Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets, the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 200 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for Trek Geeks listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. From deep in the bowels of the USS Cerritos, welcome listeners, cadets, junior officers, and all-around non-coms to the podcast that barely goes where any podcast has gone before. It's the newest podcast here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. My name is Dan Davidson, and this is Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Thanks so much for joining us as we welcome the newest show to hit the Star Trek universe. It's Lower Decks, and it's the first animated Star Trek series in almost 50 years. Each week, me and my team will break down the latest episode and have a whole lot of fun doing it. We like to consider ourselves the finest waste extraction team on the USS Cerritos because when we aren't cleaning it up, we are certainly dishing it out. And just who might my crew be? Well, let's bring them all in right now. First up, you have heard her mellifluous tones as one of the co-hosts of the wildly popular Rewind podcast, available right here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. It is the lovely and talented Sarah. Welcome aboard, Sarah. What up? (laughs) It's good to have you here. So good to be here. (laughs) It is great to have you. And next up is the guy who was one of the producers of the critically acclaimed web series Star Trek Continues. And I got to say, my favorite part of that series was when he played a Vulcan in the Mirror Universe and was vaporized before our very eyes. He is the gracious and highly sought after Casey Shafsky. Casey, what's up, buddy? Well, hello. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's nice to have you here, pal. That's wonderful. It's mediocre to be here, my friend. (laughs) Well, I'm glad. Just like the rest of us. And finally, this guy needs no introduction, people. He is the executive producer and co-host of the Trek Geeks podcast. And as always, he is my brother in Trek, my dear friend, and an all-around pain in the ass. He is Bill Smith. Hey, buddy. Good to have you here. Hey, buddy. Uh, I'm I'm glad to be here. You said you got a couple of rubes to do this show with us. I didn't realize <laughs> that we were really hitting the bottom of the barrel. You know, you take what you can get. You know what? If we're an extraction team unit, we might as well scrape the bottom because we have to scrape the bottom. Scrape the bottom. <laughs> yeah. It's great to be here. I'm excited to talk about Lower Decks, even if it is with you and Sarah and Casey. We are going to have a great time. We have lots to talk about. Premiere episode, of course, as we all know. We had a great time in the virtual party earlier this week. So now we're going to talk about the episode. But, uh, Bill, before you dazzle us with the patented Discovering Trek six-sentence recap, why don't you remind everyone how they can make first contact about second contact? Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Happy to, Dan. On the tweet machines, you can discover us at Discovering Trek. And on ye old Book of the Faces, you can follow us at Facebook.com slash Discovering Trek. In either place, you can leave us comments or questions or, you know, things about Casey or even your reactions about the first episode of Lower Decks. Plus, don't forget, go on over to our website at TrekGeeks.com. Click on the giant blue button and you can send us a voicemail. Although, we want you to remember that if you do that, any comments you could leave us might be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek Dan. Hey, thanks, Bill. 
Black Alert. Black Alert. From here on in, this episode of Discovering Trek contains spoilers, so if you haven't watched the debut episode of Star Trek Lower Decks, stop listening right now. Go on over to CBS All Access or wherever you watch Lower Decks. Watch this episode, then head back on over to Discovering Trek. Otherwise, you risk the finding out plot developments and character details for second contact. It's time for the best recap in the galaxy. It's the Six Sentence Recap, starring the one and only Bill Smith. Six sentences, Bill, starting now. Go. And action. Well, let's see here. It's been a while since I've done one of these, so let's see if I can do this whole, sh- this whole episode in six sentences. You ready? Meet the USS Cerritos and her crew who somewhat boldly go go where we've gone before. It's Tendi's first day, and she meets Boimler, Mariner, and Rutherford. The crew goes down to the planet to dot some I's, cross some T's. Ransom gets infected from an insect bite and takes the walking dead back to the Cerritos. Boimler and Mariner encounter a giant space spider, and Boims gets all, well, goopy. Boimler's goo saves the day! Not that anyone on the upper decks really acknowledges that. And oh, by the way, here is a special plot advancing bonus sentence exclusive to Discovering Trek. Mariner is the captain's daughter? Dan? Wow. Seven sentences, but the seventh is an extra bonus. You get a gold star. Woo! Congratulations. Nice job, buddy. Thanks, buddy. It's, It's good to be here. Great recap, Bill. O-M-G. She has a daughter? What? Oh, my God. Anyway, next up, it's time to hit on references in the episode to other tracks, point out Easter eggs, and all around other cool things. Casey, please, take it away. Thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate that. I'm just going to call this section Federation Facts, because when you're watching this episode, so many references to other shows, movies characters come up it's it's pretty unbelievable would you look at that i'm going to start off with the uh, california references in second contact first off we've got obviously the uss cerritos which is a california class starship now i know all of you were just about to ask me here on casey what does dairy valley california have to do with lower decks exact question Ex- I, I, right on the tip Dying of my tongue to unbelievable right well i'll tell you because in 1967 dairy valley california changed its name to cerritos california wow that's right I, we've got wow wow am yeah. i did i stun you I need a moment. i'm stunned <laughs> i am without speech <laughs> thank god please continue that <laughs> In our shuttle bay, we've got five shuttles. We see the names of four of them, and they're all named after California National Parks. We've got Redwood, Joshua Tree, Death Valley, and Yosemite. Say it with me, boys and girls, Yosemite. Not that hard of a word. (laughs) Yosemite. I thought they were all U2 albums after I saw Joshua Tree, but that's just me. Well, that see, is now, he, just here me. I thought that we had a shuttle that started with the name Death. I'm like, all right, nobody better get on that shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the shuttle red? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, hmm, I won't take that one. Then we got Ensign Boimler, who's from where? 
Modesto, California. Hello, Modesto. And if you don't know that reference, look up Lloyd Lindsay Young on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. So, Casey, quick question. Where are you from? Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) California. The bear does not quit. The bear does not die. See, I'm That's amazed right. you didn't say Modesto, California, home of Bartles and James premium wine coolers. Ooh. Oh, oh I preferred Seagram's <laughs> golden wine coolers. Good Bruce. <laughs> and then finally, in Captain Freeman's ready room, we've got a beautiful, faded out, tattered Cali flag. Love that. So I was loving those references. As we go through the episode, there were just so many things that popped out for other things. Let's let's talk about Mariner's goodie bag, the the loot crate that she brings back. Right? <laughs> Wait a minute. What, uh, so that means we're never going to get it, right? Right. Oh, oh, snap. sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, hmm. I'll just gently move on from that. One. <laughs> Thank you. When, well. you're, when you're looking in in her loot crate box there. From from right to left, we've got a Sarian brandy bottle. Okay, mm-hmm. that's easy mm-hmm. to see. Very Obviously, easy. the Klingon Batliff. Yeah. Then we've got the Ligonian Glavin from <sighs> everyone's favorite episode, Code of Honor. Um, and no vaccine. <laughs> no, Lieutenant Yar. A triumph. <laughs> <laughs> then we possibly have either a Bajoran orb. Or a copy of the Ferengi Rules of Acquisition. I couldn't tell which one. It's you know, it's a oh, brown it's shape with gold on there. Could be either of the two, or I could be completely wrong on that. Wow. Then there's a few other things there I couldn't recognize. One possibly that I thought might be a Romulan Terrell Tarlin, T-A-R-E-L-N, which is either a staff or an axe. And Nero had that in the Star Trek reboot. Listen to oh, you. Oh wow. So, wow. and then there's a couple other things which there was I don't a reboot? know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to reboot Phil and Stan right in the you know what. Whoa. But, um, <laughs> and then finally, and you guys jump in if you recognize other things that I didn't. We've got the Starfleet Delta in the bar with two olives in it. Yes. And I'm yes. like, if, if that isn't a delta that comes out soon i will be quite bummed about that oh like that delta look at look at this guy bill those of you who don't have uh, cameras obviously what? we're not doing video he has a mug with the uss cerritos with the two olives no, it's it, the martini shaker from the from the uh, premier swag kit yes i didn't you know what i never noticed that on mine because i probably didn't look at the front of it <laughs> you probably didn't but Just you know the inside of it when you're <laughs> yeah you're not supposed to drink out of it oh. you know what's oh, great about you're... this sarah is both phil and stan said they would send theirs to us that's oh, how lovely of a gentleman that they are oh, i was told that they that. were going to autograph what they got for themselves and give it to me so i had autographed they can't phil write stan. Yeah. if if we do send it to you you can count that this bottle of whiskey is going to be empty empty oh. absolutely all right I'll fill that's it with a, tea. I got to tell you, Casey, your cornea corner caught more things than I did. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that um, we wanted to bring up uh, wasn't our, our finding. It was our good friend, New York Times bestselling author, Dayton Ward, happened to point out on Twitter earlier this week that Nomad from the episode TOS's The Changeling is found in the closet where Boimler is doing his captain's log in the opening scene of the show. I didn't catch that, and I think that's fantastic. Bill? I, I have one that I don't know if you guys saw. Did you see the scenes for next week? Uh, coming up this season on Star yes, Trek Yes, I did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
in a very quick cut, there's an alien that you see uh, aboard a ship. Yes. And it's it, l- it looks like an Adosian, uh, yep. like like Lieutenant Rx from Star Trek the Animated Series. Yep. Uh, we haven't seen one since then. So who knows? It could be Rx. When I very quickly saw that, I thought of the Tholians, but then yep. I'm like, no, 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 completely different. But you're absolutely right. It would be great to see uh, Rx if he, if he were to show up on this. What do you think, Sarah? I didn't catch anything really subtle because I'm not that good at noticing subtle things, but I noticed so many just so many alien species in the background. It was yeah, fantastic right? to see yes. a half Klingon and to see a trill. And I saw people with Jordy's visors in the background. Yep. I thought that mm-hmm. was fantastic. Yes. And it was there was just so much to look at. It was it was great. This, this is one of the things that we can get in later on when we're doing our Deck Forty Seven. But this, I think, is the perfect example in your in your. Um, uh, part of the show here, Casey, where we see exactly how much the writers love Star Trek with all of these things that they're mm-hmm. putting in. I think it's a real testament to the job that they're doing. So I give them thumbs up on that. Oh, definitely. I mean, they, mm-hmm. this is a deep dive onto a lot of stuff. And if you're not really paying attention, if you're just going through the story of it and you're not looking at other things, these all deserve to go back and rewatch multiple times mm-hmm. to catch this up. There is so much going on. We even had a little mirror Spock visual joke that came yeah. up. Yeah. And it was like they are throwing so much information at us in a in a comedy show that's not sitcom-y in any ways, but it's a right. comedy show. But you gotta pay attention and I think they're really going after just hitting everybody's sweet spot. I think you just brought up the mirror universe for the fact that you got vaporized in it, but that's just me. That is just you. You'd love to see me dead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that's dark. But that's it. You know, there's a ton of other stuff that we could look at, and whoever's watching, watch the episode again. Find these other things. All the name checks that come up. You'll see a lot of things. Heck, we even get a monkeys reference, which is super cool. Right. The, mon- the monkeys are now canon. They're Classical. canon, which yep. is fantastic because I met Peter Tork in 1978, so I loved that. Wow, and you were about 35 at the time, right? Um, I was 72. <laughs> <laughs> I've been frozen. I wasn't even for quite born some yet. time. <laughs> oh, I'm so young. Look at me. <laughs> But that's it for the Federation Facts this week. Nice job, man. Good stuff. Folks, we want to take a moment to give a big shout-out to our dear friends over at Fansets. They have been the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek since we started the show, and we are thrilled that they are also the exclusive sponsor for this newest chapter, Discovering Trek Lower Decks. As you all know by now, when it comes to the highest quality of products and customer service, you don't need to look any further than Fansets. Lou, John, and the entire Fansets crew are fans, so they know that their product and service has to be the best of the best. And it is. You know, whether it's Star Trek, DC Comics, Batman 66, or even Harry Potter, or any of the other amazing line of pins that Fansets offers, you know that they are dedicated to making sure you have an amazing experience, from shopping, to ordering, to delivery of your new collectible. And a little Lou Birdie uh, told me to keep your eyes peeled for some awesome lower deck pin announcements coming later this month. Ooh. 
Ooh, and on yeah. top of all of that, on top of all that, our friends at Fansets feel the least they can do is save you some quad loose for having to listen to our shenanigans. So just for you, Discovering Trek listeners, if you want to save 15% off your entire order at Fansets.com, enter the special discount code LOWERDEX at checkout. That's LOWERDECKS in all capital letters with no space, and you're going to get some great savings. So don't forget, if you spend more than 30 bucks on your order, you're going to get free shipping. Fansets, our pins have character, and we thank our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek. Well, next up, we get to sit back and listen to Sarah as she records her Ensign's Log. We like to think of this as the, the gold standard of this podcast. I mean, after all, where else will you get a fantastic quote of the week, as well as thoughts from, let's be frank, the smartest member of the team here on this podcast. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, what do you got for us? Oh, my goodness. Well, with that kind of pressure, I don't have anything. Space, the final frontier. Because it was no longer Starfleet. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullies, and I don't like threats, and I don't like you. Let's make sure that history never forgets the name Enterprise. Hit it. Okay, so I had volunteered to be like, I'm going to find the quote of the week. That was a horrible idea because there were so many quotable <laughs> quotes. There was so much. Everything in this first episode was quotable. I was laughing. I was pausing and rewatching and listening, and I was so into it. So I actually found a few, and I'm going to do a little countdown, if that's all right Ooh, with you guys. I love Countdowns. it. Countdowns are great. So my first for number three is from Boimler, when he says, computer shows the warp core. I think that <laughs> just sums up his character so well. He's in the holodeck. He can see whatever he wants to see, and he wants to see the warp core. How better of a way to get a sense of how keen this guy is? I think it just kind of, it was funny, it was cute, it summed up his character, in my opinion. Uh, without a doubt. Without no a doubt, problem. right? So the second one that I picked was kind of along the same lines, and it was when <laughs> things were like near the end of the world for everybody, and all we hear from the chief of security is, I recommend we detonate the entire warp core, Captain. <laughs> okay, no, we're not doing that. That was his answer. And again, I think for the little bit that we got to see that character, it gave us a really good sense of who this guy is, and I am into this character already. I don't know. He's pretty hot for a cartoon, if you ask me. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, now. Who knew? Ouch. Right? A whole new world I'm exploring with this. So look out. Um, and then my number one keeps to the theme of a moment that kind of sums up the character, but it goes even further than that. And it's when we hear the captain say, sorry about that, Ensign Bumford. <laughs> to me, that meant so much because it pushed Boimler to where we want him to go. And he is going to go to the yeah. lower decks with his friends. And it kind of was just that little icing on the cake for him to see the difference between the two. And maybe they aren't the people he needs to be hero worshiping mm. and he should hero worship his friends and learn from them. So her little error kind of pushed him somewhere. And that's why I picked it as my favorite. But of wow. course I have to give a, you know, just honorable mention to the, Ooh, should have washed those hands, captain. 
because that was <laughs> so funny. <laughs> uh, like I said, it was so quotable that I just I, I every character had a standout scene, and it was great. Yep. So. You know, each of those, th- those lines, those quotes could be T-shirts. And I hope somebody at CBS and oh, licensing yeah. and, and marketing is, yeah. is paying attention to this because I would buy these in a heartbeat. J- just the phrase, you yeah. know, because I think they're awesome. Yeah. Those are those are all awesome quotes. I think a T-shirt also would be, "I love honor. I oh. demand honor." That was great. <laughs> with and then blood the picture with just huge <laughs> eyeballs, just two huge yeah. eyeballs, and the quote underneath it. Bill, uh, so did good. you have a favorite quote? Um, I, actually, it was the "I love honor." So thanks for stealing <laughs> that. Hey, um, maybe you should have spoke up quicker. I'm a little bummed <laughs> that uh, that Boimler didn't drop a "It's in the bone," kind of like Ace Ventura. <laughs> yeah. That would Casey, have been what about you, man? Anything oh, special? Oh, my bones. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? what did that spider cow do to him? Yeah. <laughs> Don't spoil the milk. It just suckled on him. Fine. <laughs> Go to your happy place. Go to the wow. warm yeah. You know, s- speaking of that scene, it's time to go into the decon chamber. I've loaded the appropriate decon gel into compartment B. If there's one thing that's a constant in Lower Decks, it's goopy, juicy, blech that just shows up all the time. So we're going to step in the decon chamber right now. We're going to strip down. We're going to get in the decon chamber. We're going to talk about what was splashed all over our screens this week. You know, it's obvious that there's going to be a lot of goop in Lower Decks. So in this segment each week, we're going to try to get a grip on what was flying all around. And episode one didn't really give us anything to be disappointed with because there was lots of stuff. And I think my favorite of the ones I'm going to talk about was the zombie bile. First of all, whoever thought we would be seeing The Walking Dead, as Bill called it, on a starship running around, puking bile on people, turning them into zombies to then go and puke more bile on people. It was, it was awesome. I loved it. I was very happy to see that. But not as happy as I was to see Boimler being suckled by a giant spider. <laughs> spider spit, as I like to call it, was pretty gross, pretty good, pretty fun, and saved everybody on the ship when it came right down to it. So um, I'm telling you what, if... if, um, if fluids of any kind are part of something that we see in lower decks from week to week. Uh, I'm all for it. What about you, Sarah? I'm ready. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what the milk works with for like a white Russian, the spider milk. Could that work? White Russian. Yes, absolutely. That sounds like Bill, you'll drink anything. So I'm sure you're good with that. Uh, I just have a question. Um, Did I eat flesh? (laughs) (laughs) Did you? Did, just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's not a lot. Not, not a lot. Um, like a morsel. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like an amuse-bouche. <laughs> I, um, the zombie bio was a little concerning because, I mean, uh, Ransom goes from, uh, you know, Ransom to zombie Ransom in like 2.2 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, like that. And all of a sudden, it, it, it's, a, it's a mess there. I'm wondering yeah. how many red shirts, even though there are no red shirts, uh, existed on the Cerritos this week and what the net change was after this Ooh. event. Oh, oh yeah. we don't have the red shirt roll call here on Lower Decks, but that'd be a good thing to research. What I did find interesting about that scene, since you brought it up, Bill, is, like you said, Ransom changed from Ransom to Zombie Ransom in two seconds. And then, like, ten seconds later, um, they were talking about how this was occurring all over the ship. 
he was the he was ground zero in ten forward. I'm going to call it, but I don't know if that's what it really mm-hmm. is on the Cerritos. But then all of a sudden, it's all over the ship. That's a fast spreader. That's like you've been around doing things that people bill. What? Wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. Casey. I'm sure that you can attest to that, right? I, I'm not sure oh, what seriously? you just called me. Um, <laughs> You're a zombie. I, mm. I just I just want to be Canada, sweet. Oh, that's all. I'm safe. <laughs> oh, oh. Population declining immediately. Wow. <laughs> negative just... two, negative twenty, negative seventy-five. So how about that spider spit? <laughs> that was good stuff. <laughs> that's he also just... something that wants to be sweet to you. He just wants to suckle out the moisture. What was with the accents of those aliens, by the way? That was kind of yeah. funny. They're, they're, they're farmers. <laughs> they're little I was gonna say, farmers. It, what did you want? Ignorant Southern farmers? Is that what we were going for? <laughs> I thought that that might have been what it was. But yeah, so I, I'll tell you what. If we get to see um, goop of some kind in every episode, Dan will be a happy man. <laughs> I really don't know how to react to that statement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no reaction necessary, people. <laughs> and uh, right now, it's time for us to uh, get in the turbo lift, go all the way down to the lowest of the lower decks to discuss some other elements of this week's episode in Deck 47, sponsored by our good friends over at Science Division. They're the makers of the Galaxy's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your very own smartphone. These brand new Tribbles will be an incredible addition to your Star Trek collection, and you can find out more at sciencediv.com. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. So as we start the discussion here uh, on Deck 47, one of the things that I wanted to bring up first, and then uh, everyone is going to have their moment, is i got to say the animation in this was something that really surprised me. It's really cinematic when you think about it. You know, you can talk about the animation in the original series cartoon back in the 70s, which was just so awful. But in in this episode, you have Boimler and Mariner talking at the front of the camera, and the people behind them are actually out of focus. I just love the way that they yes. did that type of cinematography, yeah. I guess, if you want to call it that way. And I really got to give credit to Mike and the entire team uh, that's doing this show. They're really putting their heart and soul in it. And things like that really, really stick out. Casey, what did you, uh, what did you really find uh, interesting about this episode? I, I have to agree with you on that point and, and expand on it because I found the lighting on the characters, mm-hmm. like when they're at the warp core, that you see the, the blue tint on their faces as they're facing the warp core and then they spin around that's not on them and yeah i kept looking and i saw things where we were rack focusing in between characters mm-hmm. and i was like okay see that that's that's movie that's cinematic stuff that's going on here which a lot of people might not notice and then also that characters in the background um some of them were actually looking as if they were having conversations we couldn't hear mm-hmm. so it wasn't just a static figure sitting there and right. I was like, okay, we're, we're going into a much deeper sense of detail for this to make everything, even though it's animated, be more realistic. Bill, what do you think, man? Anything, uh, anything besides what we, Casey and I have already talked about? I've got a couple of things I want to bring up, one of which is a piece of trivia. The other one is an observation. I'm going to go with the trivia first. With the premiere of Star Trek Lower Decks, Mike McMahon becomes the only other person to have a solo creator credit on a Star Trek series. The only other one, of course, the great part of the galaxy, Gene Roddenberry himself, which I think is, is pretty fascinating. Alex Kurtzman does not get a creator credit on this series. He does on every other one in the Kurtzman-verse, um, if you want to call it that. But um, uh, congratulations to Mike on, on a fantastic series premiere. Now, the observation is that I think that one of the things this series does super well is that it, 
it doesn't use the comedy to make fun of Star Trek. Right. It uses the comedy to sort of enhance what's going on and, and sort of pay homage to. And, and I likened it um, the other day to MASH. Now, I'm not saying that this show is like MASH. What I am saying is that MASH had a very specific purpose, and it was to take a very serious situation and to insert a group of people who were very good at what they did and then show that, you know, at, at times life has comedy. At times life needs comedy. And especially right now with everything that's going on, um, not only do we need the comedy, but these ensigns doing all this grunt work need to find a way to laugh. And so in that respect, I think Lower Decks actually does something very similar to MASH. It, it takes something very, very serious and dramatic and boils it down into the more human elements. And that's, that's really what I'm impressed by. Sarah, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, coming into this, I didn't know what to expect. I've never been a big fan of animation, and I've always been a big fan of knowing what's going on at the captain's, you know, at, it, at that chair and what the important people are up to. So I was really curious to watch it and it was it was so good i mean like you guys were pointing about the different styles of the animation it was completely not what i expected because i've never watched um rick and morty and some of these other shows Mm -hmm. that are out there so to see this and to love that style so much i'm like well i guess i'm gonna have to start watching some other shows out there that everyone talks about so you know made a new fan right there and you know tng's episode lower decks is one of my most favorite of all time and I didn't know if it would just sit with that because it was that show with that cast that we had so much invested interest in the bridge crew. So to take this and do this show and see these people, I just, I was like, game on. I want to know what yeah. they're up to, what they're stuck doing, because for them, it's a job. You know, they have those yeah. grandiose big dreams of, I'm going to be in Starfleet, but you got to do your time first. And right. I think this is a really fresh way to bring in new fans. And I think it's going to be... I, I don't know. It's, I'm so excited for what's next. It, it really is something. I'm going to extend Deck 47 a little longer than usual on our premiere week here because a couple of things I wanted to point out. One, I love the small detail, like when uh, when Mariner has the batlet, the bat, the bat, whatever it is, and she's got it on the ground. Is a nice little little rip in the carpet because she dragged it across yeah. the carpet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. And let's talk about that opening sequence for a second. Oh. That opening sequence is amazing. The music that they have mm-hmm. put to this is yeah. is Great. not animation quality. And I don't mean to downgrade animation at all because it's fantastic. But that that theme is instantly going to become a classic. And I got to say, my favorite part of the opening is when they scrape the top of that, yes. that uh, iceberg yes. and the whole yes. ship just is like... <laughs> My, mine is when the I ship goes f- goes from right to left in camera, and you know you, you think it's just traveling a warp, and on the end is this creature sucking on the warp missile. I laugh at that every single time. Sucking yeah. out the moisture. <laughs> I dig. I dig the hey, we're gonna peace out of this war <laughs> battle thing going on. Yeah. It's like, y'all, you know. y'all, good luck. But we're getting the <clears throat> out of here right yeah. now. Yeah, you, you got this. <laughs> yeah, got to go. Sarah, you put a you you mentioned it a second ago, and we'll wrap it up with this. Is I think that uh, I'm sure there are going to be people who are not going to appreciate the show because it's not what they consider to be true Star Trek. Because let's face it, this is the first time that we've had a real comedy 
that involves mm-hmm. Star Trek. We've had comedic episodes before. Mm-hmm. We've had things that try to make fun of Star Trek that is not in the Star Trek universe. I think what Mike and his team have done is been able to give us something. Bill, you mentioned this earlier also. This is something we need right now. We mm-hmm. need the humor. We need to be able to have the universe that we love so much and be able to laugh at the same time. And I really think that this crew is going to do a fantastic job in doing that. And speaking of that, my last point, I want to get it from each of you. I'm going to put you all on the spot. Who's your favorite character so far? Sarah. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to say the doctor. That's going to be a popular one. So Casey? salty. <laughs> salty character. Um, I'm, I'm kind of digging Rutherford just because I want to see how this, you know, Vulcan cybernetic enhancement <laughs> changes a human. I mean, it's even got a Vulcan ear on it when you look at the yeah. enhancement. So it's like... What is yeah. this going to do to this guy? Why does mm. everything come back to Vulcans with you, Casey? <laughs> Anyways, Bill. you love me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stan. Um, I, I think that uh, I have to say that Beckett Mariner is probably my favorite character. And I was going to bring this up if we didn't go here. And that's because it's not that she's bad at what she does. She's not. In fact, she's yeah. really good at it. She's just really over being an ensign. And I respect that because I think we all go through that sort of malaise in our jobs to some extent. We all, you know, we make career pivots, but it's, it's not that, that, that she's terrible. No, she's actually a really competent officer. She just, she's really past the point of, of, of really caring uh, about certain things in the hierarchy. And I respect that on some level. Mm -hmm. Do you think that comes from the the family situation? Mm Mm-hmm. Partially, uh, I think that maybe she feels like she's messed it up so much that she just she she's not really mailing it in, but she's not making an effort to advance. Maybe nice. that, that's the way I see it. I, I gotta agree with you, Bill. At first, I'm like, okay, I watched the trailers. I'm like, okay, I think Boyne was going to be my favorite, and I'm really not going to like Mariner. And it is exactly the opposite. I don't dislike Boimler at all. Yeah. I think Mariner is awesome. I've watched this episode probably five times over the course of the last week. Every time I watch it, I love her more. She is not afraid to speak her mind. She knows what she wants. She knows what she's done. And I think that's really going to be a key piece to her character as we go forward. Plus, I got to say, Tawny Newsom. Uh, I oh. saw her in Space yeah. Force. She yes. was fantastic in yes. Space yep. Force. She is awesome in this. I love her rapid fire. I know mm-hmm. that some people, it's it, they think the pace needs to slow down a little bit. No, no. Keep keep Mariner, Mariner, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. let her roll like that because I think that's when the character is at her most funny. Mm-hmm. Tawny Newsom is Tawny ta- awesome. Yeah, oh, oh, fantastic. Look at you there with the little vocabulary. <laughs> I know seven words. <laughs> <laughs> well, Casey, why don't you put more words uh, to good use and tell us what we got coming up next week. Long range scan of planet complete. Next time on Discovering Trek, we'll continue 23 straight weeks of new Star Trek with the second episode of Lower Decks entitled Envoys, where Mariner proves she's a badass. Boimler faces some self-doubt, and Rutherford looks for a new job aboard the Cerritos. Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere fine podcasts and ours are found. Plus, 
Now you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon and get access to the unedited audio of all our podcasts, oh boy, and a lot of other perks. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a dual-edged sword there. <laughs> uh, we want to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek, and we are so grateful for their support. Ken Tripp, Casey Shafsky, I wonder who that guy is, huh, he's Charlie awesome. Mulvey. Charlie Mulvey, Chris Trebuzio, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Mike Bovia, Sean O'Halloran, Peter Craig, Ken Bird, Jamie Rogers, David Hood, Rachel Delaney, Kyle Castillo, Chaz Bradshaw, Kimberly Hartman, Christina Werther, Steph Lesque, Jim McMahon, and the lovely and talented Just Fashion. If you would like to support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks today, where subscription levels start at $1 a month. That's one U.S. dollar a month. That's right, one U.S. So that's like 25 cents Canadian. I'm not really sure how that is. Such a deal. (laughs) Well, I got to say, that is a wrap for episode one, people. Lots to digest here. Or maybe lots to suckle out the moisture. I'm really not sure. I know, I know, I know. Thank you, thank you. Um, In any event, I really want to thank my co-hosts, Sarah, Casey, and Bill, for joining me here. And I just can't wait to get together next week as we sit down to discuss Episode 2, Envoys. If you thought Episode 1 was a trippy ride, well, buckle up, Ensign. You ain't seen nothing yet. And until next week, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing one song for each episode of the original Star Trek. Download their music at fiveyearmission.net.